is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, Trey Gowdy is... Well, he's very popular today. Popular in all the wrong places. Popular among the lib media. Uh, he's being quoted on every national news program, TV and radio. And Democrats are lauding him everywhere. And you see, we're all supposed to follow Trey Gowdy because he's objective. He's a former federal prosecutor. He's smarter than everybody else. And he's drawn a conclusion. There's nothing wrong with this FBI informant. The FBI did exactly what the FBI is supposed to do, and the American people agree. And, of course, Trey Gowdy knows that the American people agree because nobody speaks for the American people like Trey Gowdy. I suspect, despite his endless appearances on television, only Lindsey Graham beats him out, of course. Uh... 98% of the American people don't even know who he is, since 30% of the American people can't name one branch of the federal government. But Manhattan's very excited about Trey Gowdy. Los Angeles is very excited about Trey Gowdy. Oh, yeah. Greenwich Village, I think they're going to have a party for Trey Gowdy. And same with uh, San Francisco. So what did Trey Gowdy say that's so worthy of national attention and personal acclaim what did he say well he was on Fox last night with Martha McCallum and then this morning he was on CBS and this is what he had to say cut one go Chris Ray and Rod Rosenstein have at least made it clear to us Donald Trump was never the target of the investigation. He's not the current target in the investigation. Now, keep in mind, that can all change depending on what a witness says. But as of now, I think Chris Ray and Rod Rosenstein are stunned whenever people think Trump is the target of their investigation. I'll leave it up to them how to brief the president. Well, let's bre- stop a minute. Let's stop a minute. Why is he saying Trump the target of the investigation? Now... It wasn't long ago that Mr. Gowdy, and I pointed this out four, five, six weeks ago, I think it was, he said there's really no difference between a subject and a target, says the former federal prosecutor. There's really no difference between a subject and a target. I said, what? What is he talking about? Hey, there's really no difference between a uh, target and a subject. Of course there is, but he said there wasn't. And now he's telling us, look, Trump was never the target of this investigation. That's very slippery, like a slip-and-fall lawyer. Of course Trump was the target of the investigation. They just haven't found anything on Trump. You think Manafort was the target of the investigation? Or Gates? Or Papadopoulos? Say that ten times fast. Or Lieutenant General Flynn? When we talk about Trump world, the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, the Trump presidency, who the hell do they think the target of this is? Now, that said... There's nothing on Trump, is there? But they'd like nothing more than to get something on Trump. Why do you think they're taking Manafort to the gallows day in and day out? Why do you think 
Mr. Gowdy, Mr. Former Federal Prosecutor, they've interviewed virtually every single person who's ever worked for Donald Trump, whether in the campaign, the transition, or in his administration. Why is that, Mr. Gowdy? You're a former federal prosecutor. Why do they interview all those people? Why were several of them subpoenaed and appeared before the federal grand jury? Why did Trump, the Trump White House, Trump Inc., have to turn over hundreds of thousands of pages of information if they're not trying to get Trump, Mr. Gowdy, former federal prosecutor, of course. Did I mention that? I should continue to mention that. No, no, you don't understand. They're just trying to find the Russians. Now, where's the easiest place to find the Russians? Is it in Trump world? No. It's at the DNC. Didn't the Russians hack the DNC's emails? Haven't we heard this over and over and over again? Yes, but we're just investigating the Russians and the American people support what the FBI did. We're not talking about the FBI. We're talking about Comey, leaker. McCabe, leaker, also criminal referrals. That McCabe. Stroke, Gates, and the rest. The people who actually work at the FBI aren't even involved in this, other than this little rogue cabal that the New York Times alerted us to, accidentally, of course. No, but you don't understand. They're just investigating Russians. Well, did they have an informant, a.k.a. a spy, at the DNC to chase down the Russians who were hacking the DNC's emails? No. If they're trying to protect us and the candidates in the election from the Russians, as we pointed out last week, why weren't there informants in Jill Stein's campaign or Hillary Clinton's campaign or Bernie Sanders' campaign? Well, I uh, hadn't thought about that one, uh, says the former federal prosecutor. Well, let's continue with this fascinating interview that has the left and the media, one and the same, all a Twitter, if you will. Go ahead. The view that you're talking about right now, was that strengthened when you went into this briefing last week? Yes, I, I am. I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do when they got the information they got and that it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Well, it has nothing to do with them now because they didn't find anything. But they sure as hell have been trying. Has nothing to do with Donald Trump. That special counsel. Who wants to t- bring, take us to the brink of a constitutional crisis with 49 areas of questions that he wants to ask Donald Trump? Does that have nothing to do with Donald Trump and only to have to do with Russia? Amazing, isn't it? Uh, everybody is glad. You know, I'll say this about Gowdy. Mr. Gowdy, I worked at Maine Justice. You never worked there. You were a US, an assistant U.S. attorney. I'm sure you are the best assistant U.S. attorney the world has ever known. But the FBI has done stuff in this case that I've never seen. In the years that I worked at the Justice Department as chief of staff to the attorney general. And I'm not the only one. I know a lot of former federal prosecutors who think exactly the same thing. And here's the other thing Trey Gowdy cannot tell us. If this was just routine and it's no big deal, as my buddy Dan Bongino points out, Well, somebody needs to ask Trey Gowdy. Why did the FBI, Mr. Comey, conceal this information, conceal it from the Congressional Oversight ranking members and chairman for eight months? And yet, it's leaked to the press. Is that what the American people want the FBI to do, Mr. Gowdy? I don't think so. 
But it doesn't matter. The left has what it wants. Another putative Republican retiring. So he's free to speak his mind, such as it is. But he wasn't done. So excited were the media that they found Trey Gowdy. That Trey Gowdy disagreed. There's not a spy here. No. And then we have people who run spy agencies in the past for Obama involved in a, they're not spies, they're, uh, they're human resource individuals. Or they're informants, as I explained yesterday. The semantics are irrelevant. But what's an informant? Take an example, the mob. Take an example, the mob. An informant's a guy who's been with the mob, been mobbed up for years and years and years, and he becomes an informant for the federal government. He informs on his former colleagues. A spy is somebody who is inserted into a situation and gathers information. This guy, Halper, the Yale professor, he was not part of the Trump campaign. He was just asking questions. You know, it's like like going up to the bar. I think the, uh, the senior judicial analyst said on Fox, going up to the bar and talking to people. What's the big deal? He's reporting to the FBI. That's the big deal. All these phony civil libertarians. All these phony, quasi-slip-and-fall lawyers. How easy it is for them to dismiss the tyranny of a government out of control. It's unbelievable when you put this stuff together. The unmasking that took place. The FISA application. The dossier with Hillary Clinton and the DNC funding it. The endless leaks. Oh, this is what the American people would want, don't you know? Then he's on CBS. CBS this morning. Hey, where's Charlie Rose? Well, that's a whole other story. Nora O'Donnell. Cut to go. Was there a spy? That is not a term I've ever used in the criminal justice system. Undercover, informant. Hey, genius, genius, genius. It is a counterintelligence investigation. It was not a criminal investigation. Hello, Trey, former federal prosecutor. That is a word that they use, however, on the counterintelligence side of the ledger, and it was a counterintelligence investigation. FISA is not part of a criminal investigation. It's part of a counterintelligence investigation. The informant, a word that you do use, spy, a word you don't use, spy is often used in counterintelligence investigations. Go ahead. Informant. Those are all words I'm familiar with. I've never heard the term spy used. So when the president says spygate, that's not a... What, 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 what does he mean he's never heard the term spy used? I, is this a joke? Is, is this a joke? It's the proper nomenclature that people like me and others who have heard the term used apply to somebody who is used by the FBI or another federal department or agency to spy on other individuals and provide information to the government. Well, I've never heard that used in the criminal justice context. We're not talking about the criminal justice context. We're talking about this guy sits on the damn intelligence committee and I have to educate him? No wonder he's retiring. Yes, now I'm going to go on to bigger and better things, you know. Go ahead. In, inserted into the campaign. Have you seen any evidence of that? I have not. That's an espionage term. That's not a law enforcement term. Because it's not a law enforcement investigation at the time. Oh, my Lord. 
And, of course, Nora O'Donnell there, leading questions. And the former federal prosecutor is more than happy to be led. Go ahead. The FBI acted properly in this matter. Based on what I have seen, I don't know what the FBI could have done or should have done other than run out a lead that someone loosely connected with the campaign was making assertions about Russia. I I would think you would want the FBI to find out whether or not there was any validity. So, Mr. Gowdy. So, Mr. Gowdy, you want the FBI to find out, really, you're talking about Papadopoulos. Mr. Mr. Gowdy, that would have taken a two-hour interview by the FBI. And you damn well know it. A two-hour interview. It wouldn't require a FISA application and a warrant. Wouldn't require all that took place within Obama land. He has no curiosity whatsoever about what Obama knew and when he knew it. No curiosity whatsoever about a January 5th meeting that took place. January 5th, 2017 meeting that took place with the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, Sally Yates, the Deputy Attorney General, Mr. Comey, the Director of the FBI, and Susan Rice, the Head of the uh, National Security Advisor to the President of the United States. He has no interest in knowing what took place there, and a lot took place there. He's no interest in knowing about the politics of this. I don't know what else the FBI could have done. I just don't know. Interview Mr. Papadopoulos and be done with it. Mr. Papadopoulos has pled to making a false statement to federal investigators. One count. He hasn't pled to any espionage. He hasn't pled to any espionage. And the word spy, Mr. Gowdy, is used in the espionage world, in the counterintelligence world. And that's where this began, Mr. Gowdy, Mr. Former Federal Prosecutor. And that's the whole point. Informant is used in the criminal context. Spy is used in the espionage context. And Mr. Halper, excuse me, Professor Halper, would not have been in and around the Trump campaign gathering information but for the fact he was working for and paid for by the Obama administration and working directly for the FBI. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gowdy is now our North Star, our Guide Star. How do I know? Because he's being praised by CNN and MSNBC. He's all over mainstream, quote-unquote, media. Don't you like the way they call themselves mainstream Now he's on CBS. He's graduated from cable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, Mr. Gowdy, maybe you can tell us. The Congress has been investigating Russia's interference in our election now for about a year and a half, give or take. So what exactly did the Obama administration do to confront it? Has anybody heard? I haven't heard a thing. Mr. Gowdy, what exactly did the FBI do under the great leadership of Comey and McCabe? What did they do when we found out that the Russians were interfering in our election? They started shaking down Trump people? Seem a little strange to anybody other than me? Tell me, what did Mr. Brennan over at the CIA do when the Russians were interfering with our election? Or how about the late, great James the Clap Clapper? What was he doing? 
What did the president of the United States and the vice president of the United States do? What did the national security advisor do? I mean, all this Russian interference was taking place during their administration. So why are we investigating anybody related to Trump, Mr. Gowdy? Well, the American people would expect the FBI not to look into the administration that was actually in charge at the time. You know that, don't you? No, I don't. No, I don't. And the fact that there was a spy, because Mr. Gowdy backs into the truth, he doesn't even realize it. Informant, criminal cases. Spy, counterintelligence cases. This was a counterintelligence case at the beginning. The fact that there was a counterintelligence spy, that's what the American people expect of the FBI. Well, why didn't we know about it? If the guy's not a spy, if he's just a human resource personnel type, then what's the secret? Why keep the secret from congressional leadership? Just more BS, ladies and gentlemen. And the fact that some Republicans participate in this shouldn't surprise you in the least, including Gowdy. I've been warning you about him for, for a year. Fake, phony fraud. I'll be right back. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Now, why don't these liberal news so-called journalists and news so-called platforms quote me? Because they disagree with me. That's why. I've been right about whether or not you can indict a sitting president. Most of the others have been wrong. I've been right that the president should not comply with a subpoena that demands his appearance before a federal grand jury. Most of the others have been wrong. I've been right that Mr. Mueller, if challenged by one of the defendants or somebody who's subpoenaed or a witness, uh, given the nature of his original appointment and given the nature of his investigation, uh, uh, that his very existence violates the appointments clause of Article 2 of the Constitution. I'm right about that, too. So why won't the media quote me? And by the way, I know they're not. This is not an ego thing with me. I'm showing you what the media are. It's because they disagree with me. They only want to debate me. So night they'll try they'll quote Trey Gowdy, but he's not he's not the only one. There's others out there too. So here's Senator Chris Coons, Democrat of Delaware on CNN today. They're very excited. Very excited by Trey, if that is his name. John Berman, dumb as a doorknob, by the way. He's the uh, host. Cut four, go. This was a stark Almost stunning statement from Congressman Gowdy. Who was no, I wasn't. No, he's a gadfly. He's a gadfly. Go ahead. To see the intelligence behind, you know, the fact that this this confidential source was sent to talk to Trump campaign officials after Republicans and the president have been saying we were spied on, we were spied on, we were spied on. Trey Gowdy saying, uh uh, what do you make of it? Uh, well, John, I'm grateful that Congressman Trey Gowdy, Republican of South Carolina. Uh, uh, see that? They can't. They're, they're slobbering. Up. Trey Gowdy, Republican side. They don't like Trey Gowdy. They think he's a knucklehead. But he's a Republican of South Carolina, man. And I'll tell you what. Now they're going to quote the hell out of him. Just like Comey. They hated Comey's guts. Hillary and the rest of them, Schumer, Pelosi, Reid, they all blamed him for Hillary's loss. And I told you as soon as it happened, the minute Trump fires Comey, all of a sudden, 
Comey's God. My God, he walks across water, and Trump is dirt. Now Trey Gowdy, who they hated over Benghazi. Now, listen to Trey Gowdy. Republican South Carolina, much like Lindsey Graham. What's going on in South Carolina anyway? What, what, what is... All right, anyway, go ahead. Gordon made this important statement. Uh, he certainly demonstrated some partisan leanings in the past when he helped run uh, the Benghazi hearings. But not anymore. Trey is bipartisan. Trey is objective because he agrees with them. Trey's the man. We love Trey. Go ahead. Partisan against then a Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Yes. In this matter, I think he's stepping forward and putting yes. to rest uh, the baseless allegations by President Trump. Uh, I'll remind you, uh, unfortunately. I'll remind you, you schmo. They're not baseless allegations by President Trump. He didn't make them up. They're right there in your favorite newspaper, the Holocaust denying New York Slimes. There it was. Burped up in the pages of the New York Slimes. The leaks coming from the Department of Justice and from the FBI. All the American people, they would like the way the FBI is being handled. Idiots. All of them. But don't worry. Trey is a Republican. That changes everything. He's a Republican that we can believe in. Because Trey agrees with them. Wow. He's not partisan anymore. Go ahead. President has a long history of ah, uh, shut up, you idiot. The hell is this schmo anyway? Now, by the way, Delaware was our first state. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? And Delaware's the size of a county in most states. Did you know this? It's the size of a county in most states. When's the last time that a decent senator from Delaware? Seriously. Now there's Joe Scarborough, ladies and gentlemen. The man of deliverance with the bulbous nose. No offense, it's what I see. And of course, the beautiful missus. What's her name? Oh, Brzezinski. Ah, uh, cut five, go. You have Trey Gowdy saying, and God bless Trey Gowdy for saying this. Oh, God bless. L- listen to these fools. Quite frankly, they're wetting themselves over. Trey. Thank God, Trey. We've been waiting. Trey, thank, thank, thank you, Trey, for, for getting everything so confused and mumbled and jumbled. A spy, there's no spy. The FBI did what the American people want the FBI to do. Trey says so. Who's Trey? Trey, thank God. Thank God for Trey Gowdy. Start from the top. Go right ahead, please. You have Trey Gowdy saying... And God bless Trey Gowdy for saying this. Yes, the yes. The FBI did it by the book. The FBI did it by the book. Comey the leaker, McCabe the leaker, McCabe the criminal referral. Stroke the wife cheater. Page the husband cheater. The texters, they did it by the book. The dossier, by the book. The FISA application, by the book. The unmasking, by the book. Now, it's the book of the Kremlin. It's the book of the old Soviets. It's a book, if you will, of a fascistic third world banana republic. But that's okay by MSNBC. And, of course, low IQ deliverance, Joe Scarborough. Who else is he praising in this magnificent 
edification of his 14 viewers. Go ahead. Shep Smith saying the FBI did it. By well, the if Shep says it, no offense, I'm not allowed to criticize Shep because I'm part of the family now. But only Shep can criticize everybody in the family. Now, that said, if Shep Smith says it's by the book, what greater authority can there possibly be than Shep Smith? Go ahead. Who else does he praise? It's confirming that Fox News says the FBI did it by the book. So Fox News says, because Shep says, the FBI did it by the book. Thank you. Shep. Who else? Go ahead. Uh, Judge Napolitano saying the FBI did it by the book. The senior judicial analyst said it. The former New Jersey Superior Court judge. Very nice man. He says the FBI did it by the book. He's got the indictment issue wrong about a sitting president. Got the memos confused. Hey, hey, it's all right. One, two, three, four, five major mistakes is okay in my book. It is. It's okay. But now we have the gouty Shep, the senior judicial analyst. There was no spy. What the New York Times said is no big deal. So there's an informant. Well, that's only for a criminal case. But this is a counterintelligence case. So that would be a spy. No, no, you don't understand. Just a little chat here and there. Just, uh, just reporting back to the FBI. What's the big deal? I mean, what would you expect the FBI to do? You had this guy, Papadopoulos, who was drunk. Somehow, somewhere, some way, he's with the Australian ambassador. He hears him talking about Russia. And, of course, we have this big diplomatic uh, waiver, which obviously involved uh, John Kerry, the Secretary of State, that allows and encourages the ambassador to talk to the FBI. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Why are civil libertarians so quiet about all this, by the way? Where's the American Criminal Liberties Union, a.k.a. the ACLU? Where are they? They're, 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 they're quiet. They don't say anything. It's no big deal. All the phony civil libertarians. Were, and by the way, where are all the libertarians? Well, you don't hear, uh, what, what, hey, no, hey, where are they? Where's all the freedom of the press press concerned about government, central government, and our liberties? Where are they? Where are they? They're thrown in with this. these guys. Oh. But don't worry. Trey Gowdy, the North Star, Shep Smith, and the senior judicial analyst. Thank God for all of them. Thank, thank the Lord. There was no spy, ladies and gentlemen. So it's been declared. There was no spy. The fact that this professor who we were told just a few weeks ago. Remember, Mr. Producer? Do not reveal his name, said Mark. You can hurt sources. Remember all that? You can get the guy killed. Now his name's out. That's the big deal. What's the big deal? He's a professor. He's just asking questions. Well, he's on the government's payroll. What do you expect the FBI to do? So they keep his name secret to protect him because he's not a spy. He's an informant, but he's not an informant. He's just a guy asking questions. But what do you expect the FBI to do? Well, then he's not just a guy asking questions. He's reporting the FBI. He's getting paid. Hey, got to track down this Russia thing. 
well, how come you didn't track it down in the Hillary campaign or the Jill Stein campaign, right? The DNC or with Obama and Biden and all the rest of them. You want to track down the Russia thing? They were in charge of the federal government. They were in charge of law enforcement and the intelligence agencies. What did they do? You want to know about Russian interference? Who knew about it? What did they? Hey, 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 we're not investigating Trump. No, no, no. You must be a right-wing conspiracy delusional kook. Didn't you hear what Shep said? Shep said there's no spy. Well, if Shep said it, well then by God, it must be true. Mark Levin. what Trey Gowdy says. Or why do you give a damn what Trey Gowdy says? Well, Trey Gowdy says, and the media love it, because it undermines Trump. But what Trey Gowdy has said is intellectually dishonest. Intellectually dishonest. And it's too bad there aren't people, so-called reporters, smart enough or serious enough to challenge him. To challenge him. And most of them don't want to challenge him. Hey, we just got Gowdy. You know what he said? Bring in the Democrats so they can praise him. Bring him in. He agrees with us. Yay, bring him in. What a knucklehead. You know, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get a Casper. And you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress and the favorite mattress of my family. It's the Internet's, too. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortable year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. No risk. Mark, I think I like my mattress. You know, I challenge you. Take your mattress, lean it up against the wall, get your Casper, and try it. If you don't like it, you'll return it, but I know you're going to like it. That's casper.com slash mark. Code mark and save $50. Casper.com slash mark code mark. One more. Casper.com slash mark code mark. Save the $50. Terms and conditions apply. And you can see the site for details. They even have Casper mattresses for dogs, as you know. And Mart and uh, Barney, my little Barney, that's his favorite mattress. That's his bed. That's what he sleeps on. And same with our Marty now. Same thing. And uh, Marty's hind legs are kind of weak. And my Barney, his back, you know, he's had uh, operation. So it's the perfect mattress. Check him out. Casper.com slash Mark and use code Mark and save $50. It is really a magnificent, magnificent invention and service. John, Panama City, Florida, the great W-Y-O-O. Go. Hey, I agree with you 100% about Gowdy. And I think he's auditioning for a job on 
CNN since he's going to be out of work soon. So you think he's another one of these guys who wants to be a media guy? Yep, absolutely. Well, we'll see. You know, that's where they all seem to be headed these days, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely, Mark. All right, my brother. Thank you. Mark, Denver, Colorado, Sirius Satellite, go. I think that Trump should uh, um, very publicly ask the FBI what other campaigns they spied on in the past and current. Well, I think everybody should ask that. I'm sure Trey Gowdy, the intrepid former federal prosecutor, has asked all over the place. Uh, because, uh, But I have a different question, Mark. Has the FBI interviewed anyone in the Obama administration as to why they didn't take effective steps to prevent Russia's interference in our election? No, I'm sure I mean, we keep hearing, oh, hey, hey, all they want to do is find out what the Russians were up to. Well, ask the president at the time. Thank you yeah. for your call. Isn't it amazing? The Trump campaign had nothing to do with Russian interference in our election. The administration that was there at the time that was supposed to protect us and to protect our vote was the Obama administration. The Democrat Party. What did they do? Well, I don't know, but I think the FBI... What do you... Okay. Andy, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Yeah, hey, uh, good afternoon, Mark. Yeah, it's Ed, actually. He slightly misheard me, but an alias in San Francisco is a good idea. All right, all right, all right. slow down, pal. You're going on and on. Just tell us what you think. Okay, yeah, look, Gowdy is going to do one of two things when he leaves Congress. He's either going to go, and he said he wants to be in practice law, so he's either going back to South Carolina to do slip and fall, or he's going to hang around Washington and do high profile. If he hangs around Washington to do high profile stuff, he's going to meet buddies and friends at the FBI, CIA, and these other places that go forward. No, I wouldn't hire him. Uh, Certainly not on constitutional matters. I just wouldn't. All right, my friend, I have dazzled you with my genius. Let's go to Neil, Austin, Texas. Uh, This keeps busting out. XM Satellite, go. Hey, Mark, I can't say enough things about how grateful I am for what you do, so I'll just cut to my points. Um, I wanted to make two points uh, if I got time, but the first one is you often refer to these guys, they scatter like rats, these Republicans, when uh, the lights come on and everything gets revealed. Um, It's more than that. They're like ostriches with their heads in the sand. They miss every opportunity. Whenever they're interviewed, what do they say? Oh, our interview's gone on for a year and a half, and to date, there's been no evidence of collusion. Well, there's been tons of evidence of collusion. They list every opportunity to go offense against these uh, Democrats and, and, and the Obama administration and talk about all the evidence that's, that's there of collusion everywhere but at the Trump campaign. So all they do is play defense, and they miss every opportunity. The other point I wanted to make is these judges, these FISA judges, um, a good buddy on a cable network, God bless him, but he gives he gives these guys, these judges, a break. They're not stupid people. Why do right. they? They're culpable. They- well, who's the first one to call them out? Who went on TV and said that they they had the power to uh, to conduct uh, contempt hearings to find out why material omissions uh, took place in terms of the uh, applications on the on the FISA warrant? Uh, Landmark Legal Foundation, I'm not the president anymore, I'm the chairman, but our buddy uh, Pete Hutchison, they filed with that judge, the original judge, a uh, a motion uh, to tell the judge about what was taking place and encourage the judge to conduct an investigation. She did absolutely nothing. 
So, yes. And that's why I said the whole FISA court system that was started in 1979, as I recall, might as well eliminate it and figure something else out because it didn't work here. Although in Trey Gowdy's mind, it's all working beautifully. We have the FISA court, you know, putting out the the FISA warrant there. And then we got the FBI, you know, just asking some questions. What do you expect them to do? All kinds of good stuff going on out there. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a question for you. Other than the Trump campaign, has there been another campaign in American history where the FBI, and let's use the language of the goofballs, had an informant in the campaign? We know of one that I told you about yesterday, thanks to our buddy Jeff Lord over at Newsbusters. LBJ against Barry Goldwater. But do we know of any in modern times, you know... J. Edgar Hoover is, is much hated by the left, by the media. A lot of things he did he shouldn't have done. And yet look how the media reacts here. Look how we have Republicans spinning. I sure as hell hope you watch my show on Sunday at 10 p.m., Life, Liberty, and Levin. I have Andy McCarthy and David Limbaugh. And we're going to get into all this. And we are three buddies, by the way. But yes, we're going to get into all of this. The spy situation. The FISA application. All of it. Because you're hearing a lot of BS. If the FBI having an informant or more in a campaign is no big deal, then why isn't it done all the time? Well, Mark, we only had the Russians in this case. No, we didn't. That's not true. It's not true. Once the FBI knew about the dossier, presumably knew that the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC paid for it, presumably knew that Christopher Steele had gotten information, unverified by the way, by Kremlin apparatchiks, did they put an informant in the Hillary Clinton campaign? Did they put an informant in the DNC? Was the FBI playing it by the book? Now we know they weren't playing it by the book because we have a whole history of how they let Hillary Clinton off rather than charge her for serial violations of the Espionage Act. They didn't play it by the book. And this phony nonsense they want to know about Russia interfering in our campaign. They controlled the whole damn government, the Democrat Party, the Obama administration. Comey, Brennan, Clapper, Lynch, they had the whole damn thing. Every intelligence agency. Every federal law enforcement agency. They own it. And here we are talking about Trump, 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 who did nothing. He's the victim. The victim. 
It just shows you the tolerance for tyranny on the left, the media, and some of these clown Republicans. I just heard somebody say, and I won't embarrass them, the government has informants all the time. But the government doesn't have informants in presidential campaigns all the time. The hell? And so the big question is, what did the FBI do about Russian interference in our election? What did it do exactly? We know that the cybersecurity team at the White House was told by the National Security Advisor, quote, stand down. Do not prepare an options memo for the President of the United States, August 2016. That's a big deal. Why? At the very same time, they have an informant in the Trump campaign. At the very same time, they're unmasking American citizens. And yet, when it actually comes to the Russians interfering in our campaign, we are never told what the Obama administration did to stop it, to address it, to confront it, to control it. They didn't even tell Congress about it until a week or two before the campaign. And if an informant was placed in the Trump campaign or was hanging around the Trump campaign and the goal was not to investigate Trump but to investigate the Russians, then I have a question for you. Why didn't Mr. Comey Tell the incoming president of the United States about it. You know, he didn't. If Trump wasn't under investigation, if his campaign was not under investigation, as Mr. Gowdy insists, it was the Russians who were under investigation, as Mr. Senior Judicial Analyst insists, as Shep insists, okay, then explain to me why they didn't tell the incoming president of the United States that they had an informant not for the purpose of investigating him, not for the purpose of investigating his campaign, but for the purpose of protecting his campaign, one of them said, and for the purpose of finding out what the Russians were up to. Why did they keep that information from Trump? And why weren't there more informants in the other campaigns, if that was the goal? And why? And why was the cyber... Security chief at the White House told to stand down when he approached Susan Rice and told her, look, the Russians are interfering in the campaign. Stand down and don't prepare a memo for the president. This is why Gowdy is a fraud. He's an intellectual lightweight. This is why, no, I will not rely on Shep Smith or the senior judicial analyst. And I'm not putting them down personally. I'm really not. But if you're going to present yourself and make your arguments, you better back them up. And this is why you don't trust the media in this country. Because they will take anything by any Republican, by anyone, a porn star, a phony author, a nutty professor, and run with it for weeks at a time. And run with it. Because they hate Trump. They're rooting for Kim Jong-un against Trump. They're rooting 
for the North Korean regime, a genocidal regime, a man who kills family members against Trump. They want Trump to fail, which means Kim Jong-un will retain nuclear warheads and ICBMs that threaten us. But that's okay because, you see, the fight is over politics, not national security as far as they're concerned. They're nuts. And so it is. Incredible. So, almost two weeks ago, Thursday, and we did it on our best of show, Memorial Day, the New York Times has this explosive article which is intended to protect the leakers, protect the rogue agents at the FBI, protect the Obama administration. And yet it revealed an enormous amount of information. We spent 90 minutes going over it. And there were some, some blockbusters in there, including the informant. And so now we've had two weeks of propaganda, propaganda, where you're supposed to believe the informant's not a spy, where you're supposed to believe the FBI's plan by the book, where you're supposed to believe what else did you expect them to do, and now we're really supposed to believe it because Trey Gowdy says so. Screw Trey Gowdy, he doesn't mean anything to me. Why do I have to listen to Trey Gowdy? Or the other two? Cares what he has to say. Facts are facts. The law is the law. Tradition is tradition. And no, we do not have informants in political campaigns reporting to the FBI. Name another one. Lyndon Johnson. A disgrace. Name another one. Oh, you can't. Oh, well, they're just doing it by the book, folks. Just by the book. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. No, it's a shame that I have to state this from time to time, but let me state it again. There are areas in which I disagree with President Trump, although there are fewer and fewer. But there are areas in which I disagree with President Trump. The more he does what I consider to be conservative things, the more he deserves credit and praise. He's far more conservative, in my view, than George W. Bush was, or George H.W. Bush, with some exceptions, but not a lot. With some exceptions, but not a lot. The never-Trumpers aren't conservatives per se. They're anti-Trump. Now, this issue, the why I'm so passionate about this issue, about these efforts to topple this president, for me is a constitutional matter. Now, the great thing about being on radio is I speak three hours a day. Levin TV, I speak almost one hour a day there. Now with the Fox show. So my comments, my views, my approach, there's no reason to be confused by them, and there's no reason for people who despise me to try and spin them. My problem with this is all the lawlessness coming out of the Obama administration and the Democrat Party supported by the media. My problem is, whether people like it or not, Donald Trump is a duly elected president of the United States. And from day one, they've been trying to depose him. He was elected democratically and through the electoral process, through our constitutional system. 
And they're trying to use extra constitutional, if not unconstitutional, means to remove him. They want to remove him, then they should be waiting, like everybody else, for the election cycle and run the best candidate they think they have. But that's not what they want to do. First, they attacked the Electoral College. Remember that? We got to get rid of it, elect somebody like Trump. But now it's more than that. They brought up the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment has nothing to do with this. And after I pointed it out day after day for about three weeks, they dropped the 25th Amendment. Then they got their special counsel. The appointment of the special counsel, in my view, is unconstitutional because of the breadth of his charge. A... a, um, A person who works for the President of the United States cannot confer upon another person more powers than a person's allowed to confer on them without going through the appointments clause of the Constitution. Here again, the senior judicial analyst doesn't know what he's talking about, respectfully. So I'm concerned about the attacks on the Electoral College at the beginning. I'm concerned about the political effort to remove this president. I'm concerned about this special counsel. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or Donald Duck. To me, this is a defense of Republican government, small r Republican government. For me, this is a defense of the Constitution. And if people cannot put their politics aside, their hate for Trump aside, their never-Trumpism aside, then the hell with them. They're throwing in with the tyrants. That's where I'm coming from. I do not believe it is usual, traditional, okay, for the FBI to have an informant in a political campaign. I absolutely do not. And to downplay that and try and dumb down the American people is an outrage, an absolute outrage. To try and get the president on perjury and obstruction and false statements when you have absolutely no criminal basis for even interviewing him is an outrage, an absolute outrage. And so that's where I'm coming from. Mark hasn't changed at all, period. This is my view. This has always been my view. It always will be my view. Constitution first. Country first. And it just so happens it lines up behind Trump in this case. And so you never Trumpers and you hate Trumpers and you left us out there. Screw you. You're not constitutionalists. You're not civil libertarians. You're throwing in with the mob. The mob. MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, New York Times. Washington Post. They're the mob. That's what they are. And no, I will not throw in with them. The fact that you have a guy like Trey Gowdy popping off and well, I'm supposed to follow Trey Gowdy? What the hell would I follow Trey Gowdy for? Or do these other knuckleheads? Why? Because they want to be praised by the liberal media? They have their own agendas? 
Trey Gowdy's a politician. Bobbing and weaving all the time. What do I care what Trey Gowdy has to say? All right. Let's take a call here. Let us go to Mike in Brunswick, Maine, the great WGAN. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. Thanks for what you do for the country. Uh, Mark, I'm in a former Force Recon Marine back wow, in the Vietnam you. era. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Thank the guys on the wall. They gave it all. Oh, yeah. But let me tell you, our mission was to go deep into enemy territory, recover intelligence, come back and deliver it, and keep our mouths shut, which everybody down there seems to have a hell of a problem with today. And I got a question for Trey Gowdy. I want to know if it bothers him that the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, they all missed this Pakistanis compromising almost 80 members of Congress Mm -hmm. for years. Now, I don't remember Trey Gowdy demanding the servers from the Democratic Committee. This is an outstanding point. There he is. He's serving in the same damn building. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean... It's unbelievable. This scandal goes on for years. Now, just how many members of Congress were compromised with this situation? But boy, they can't wait to bury this story, I'm telling you. But this is all going to hook in with all the corruption going on at the FBI, the CIA. They've missed everything, Mark. Just think of the things these units have missed while they were running around chasing Trump. Mm -hmm. They've missed it all. Let 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 me ask you something also. We've had multiple committees, both houses of Congress, conduct investigations, the Judiciary Committees and the Intelligence Committees. We have had had Mr. Mueller over a year now and his happy group of Democrat prosecutors looking everywhere and at anything. We've had the media in this country, if they could just find one syllable to nail on Trump's head, they would do it in two seconds. They have found nothing. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And yet, let me say this to you, Mike. They're looking in the wrong place. If you want to wonder why there was Russia interference in our election, you ask the Obama administration that did nothing. You ask the Hillary Clinton campaign in the DNC that paid for the dossier that involved the Russians. If you don't look under the right rock, you're not going to find the right thing. That's why this has been a scam, a setup from day one that has as its purpose the removal of a duly elected president of the United States. I will not stand silent for that. I will continue to speak out about it, no matter what people say. Thank you for your service, my friend. I'll be right back. They call him Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017. You believe that? And families paid $540 million out of pocket to cover the cost of the fraud. Kids' identities, well, there were tons on the black market. You want to know why? Because thieves open accounts and parents don't find out for years. Often only... When they apply for financial aid for college, it's a really, really horrific scheme. 
And with school and medical records now digitized and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you know what? You really don't need to worry. You can protect your family right now with My ID Care. My ID Care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, including child ID theft with great family plans like we have. And they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. Now, this is important. A 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. Now, that's the difference between my ID care from the other guys. They talk, my ID care delivers. And you need top-tier identity recovery, and my ID care will stand by it with their guarantee. You and your kids need protection. You can't rely on the government to protect. The government can't protect its own data and its own records. You need my ID care. Learn more and get 15% off. Just go to myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. Myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. One more time because it's very important. Myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. All right. I want to hit a few other things here today too. You know, yesterday when this Roseanne Barr stuff was going on, it's still going on today, like the world gives a damn, quite frankly. I condemned what she posted, but I never really embraced Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr had been a leftist years ago. In other words, again, I'm not trying to pile on, but these people and the culture, and you have to be really careful if you uh, hook your, your, your reputation, your name, your belief system to them. And I remember how excited people were getting from the new Roseanne Barr show, how it uh, underscored their belief system. And so I didn't even watch it. No offense. I just didn't. But it's not just Roseanne Barr. Look at all the left-wing kooks out there. Absolute kooks in Hollywood. But I also pointed out that Louis Farrakhan and the Democrat Party have a love affair. And why is this so secret? Why do the Democrats not condemn Louis Farrakhan? In fact, why do they take one of his acolytes, this uh, Keith X, and make him the deputy chairman of the DNC? This guy, Keith X, you should see his past. Yes, Keith, anti-Semite, go ahead and sue me. See how that works. But that's just my opinion. You can go on Google and Bing and all the rest of them and check them out. But we know what Farrakhan is. I've talked about him my entire radio career. We've played enough clips. Talked about him the other day. Joy Reid. Her vicious, homophobic tweets way over the top. She's still working at MSNBC. Why is she still working at MSNBC? I mean, I'm not carrying on a, uh, a campaign here. I'm just curious. Why is she still at MSNBC? More than that, why is Andrea Mitchell asking her to comment on Roseanne Barr? And by the way, why is Sharpton working at MSNBC, given his past? Well, Mark. And why isn't... Joe Scarborough are talking out about them. 
Why hasn't anybody said Joy Reid is a homophobic bigot and she should be fired? I didn't hear that lecture from Shep or anybody else. Why not? I mean, if we're going to clear the landscape, let's clear the landscape. Over at the Daily Caller, Peter Hassan has a piece today. New York Times whitewashes Democrats' ties to anti-Semite Farrakhan. And I would remind everybody, and as I have many times, the New York Times also whitewashed the Holocaust. Now, how can you be the paper of record? Where all these clown columnists want to work, including these fake conservatives. How could you want to be a writer, whether on the news side or the opinion side, for a newspaper that did everything it could to cover up the Holocaust? I'd say that's worse than anything anybody has done or said on TV lately. In effect, Holocaust deniers. The New York Times. And now look at this. More on the denying side. The New York Times whitewashed several Democrats' ties to the Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan in an article that ran in Wednesday's newspaper. Wednesday is today. I do not think it's a coincidence that yesterday I was trashing the Democrats' ties to Farrakhan. Right, Mr. Producer? So immediately, the New York Slimes comes to their defense. Farrakhan is a notorious racist and anti-Semite who has praised Adolf Hitler as a very great man, called white people devils, blamed Jews in Hollywood for gay marriage, and described Jews as satanic. Several congressional Democrats have ties to Farrakhan, and the leaders of Women's March have publicly declared their support for him. As I recall, Comey's family, his wife and daughters, were in that march. Now, the Times article today focused on Democratic congressional candidate Leslie Cockburn, a former journalist running to replace Virginia Republican Tom Garrett. Virginia Republicans have accused Cockburn of anti-Semitism, over an anti-Israel book that she authored in 1991. The New York Times portrayed the accusations against Democrat Cockburn as emblematic of a larger battle on the left. Quote, For the Democratic Party, Ms. Cockburn's candidacy could come to represent more than a single House seat, wrote reporters Tom Kaplan and Michael Tackett. The two reporters went on to paint a misleading picture of Democratic ties to Farrakhan. They said the Democratic National Committee's deputy chairman, Representative Keith Ellis of Minnesota, has spent years trying to get beyond past associations with Louis Farrakhan, the anti-Semitic leader of the Nation of Islam. But conservative news media continues to try and tar Democrats by linking them to Mr. Farrakhan. He is linked to Farrakhan, you liars. And Mr. Trump has used his Middle East policies to try and drive a wedge between Jewish voters and the Democratic Party. Listen to these sick minds. Even as openly anti-Semitic candidates in Wisconsin, Illinois, and California run for office as Republicans. That paragraph was misleading in three ways, writes the Daily Caller's Peter Hassan. First, as the Daily Caller reported, and as the Washington Post fact-checked confirmed, Ellison actually misled the public for years about his relationship with Farrakhan. The New York Times depiction that Ellison spent years trying to get beyond past associations with Farrakhan resembles Ellison's own spin 
Here's how Ellison answered questions about his ties to Farragon in December 14, 2016 appearance on MSNBC's Morning Joe. This Scarborough is such a sleazeball. We're talking about something that happened in 1995, said Keith X. Ellison. This was the year that the Million Man March took off. People were attacking the march at the time. Man, I'm telling you, back in 2006 and before, I disavowed them. That's the ridiculous thing about this, that we kept on having to answer this kind of stuff. Washington Post awarded the claim for Pinocchios. The worst possible rating in the D.C. Papers fact check. And by the way, their rating is a joke. So when they're doing this to Ellison... You take notice. Second, the New York Times claimed that conservative news media continues to try and tar Democrats by linking them to Mr. Farrakhan and linked to a DCNF article. The New York Times did not reach out to the DCNF, Daily Caller, for comment and didn't respond to a request for a comment on this report. In addition to impugning this reporter's motives, without citing any evidence whatsoever, the Times portrayed reporting on Democrats' Farrakhan ties as akin to a smear. The New York Times did not mention that Democrat Illinois' Representative Danny Davis praised Farrakhan in three different interviews with this reporter in February and March, including a March 5 interview where Davis said he wasn't bothered by Farrakhan's answer to, quote-unquote, the Jewish question. Davis's hometown paper, the Chicago Tribune, slammed the congressman for his relationship with Farrakhan in an editorial that was cited by the Daily Caller. Democratic Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii called Farrakhan unacceptable in a progressive coalition or any political coalition on March 8, after Farrakhan again accused Jews of secretly controlling the FBI to persecute black people. That same day, Democratic South Carolina Representative James Clyburn declined to condemn Farrakhan's anti-Semitism in a statement addressing why he shared a stage with the Nation of Islam leader. Clyburn, the number three Democrat in the House, still has yet to denounce Farrakhan. It took Davis just under six weeks to distance himself from Farrakhan's anti-Semitism after praising the Nation of Islam leader as an outstanding human being in a February 5 interview with this reporter. Third, the Times used fringe anti-Semites denounced by the Republican Party to downplay ties between Farrakhan and longtime Democratic members of Congress. The paper noted that openly anti-Semitic candidates in Wisconsin, Illinois, and California are running for Congress as Republicans, but did not inform their readers that Republicans have denounced and condemned all three anti-Semites, none of whom have a serious chance of winning an election. Meanwhile, the Democratic politicians who refuse to renounce their association with a prominent racist and anti-Semite remain influential members of Congress. So the New York Times steps up yet again and defends the worst of the worst. And the Democrat Party refuses to condemn Farragon, his racism, his anti-Semitism, and the organization he leads. Absolute crickets. Why is that? Why does Farragon get away with this? Why isn't he condemned on CNN? Why isn't he condemned on MSNBC? Why isn't he condemned by the New York Times? What's holding them back? 
Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I'll save this for when I come back. I hope you'll stay with us. I really want to hit something very, very hard related to this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, during this Memorial Day week, most of you will take some time to reflect on the greatness of this nation and how we so much to it to uh, over one million men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. All patriotic citizens like you always remember these sacrifices that, that bought our freedom. You know, all year long at CRTV, we do our best to honor the men and women who served this country and to remember the, those who perished. We believe strongly in the United States military and the U.S. Armed Forces. We believe they need to be strong. We need to support them, and we need to voice support for them in this country and back them up. To help show our respect to the men and women who are serving today, veterans and active military, we're offering a $30 discount off your first CRTV annual subscription. Now, since the annual subscription is $99, that is $69 to you. Off your first CRTV annual subscription, that works out to less than $6 a month. Not only will you get to watch every episode of Levin TV, and we have a hell of a good show uh, all this week, today. I hope you'll check it out. You'll also get to watch shows from hosts like Phil Robertson, Michelle Malkin, Andrew Wilco. Steve Crowder, and many, many more. Now, this offer doesn't go away after this week, not for our vets and not for active military. It doesn't go away in a month. It doesn't even go away after this year. I want to underscore that this is available to you, the select few, the best and the greatest. It will be there for you whenever you decide to give CRTV a try. But I think you should give it a try now. Why wait? To find out more about CRTV's military discount, please call 844-LEVIN-TV and mention mention that I said you're interested in the military discount. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV, or go to CRTV.com. This is what I wanted to mention after the break. The Anti-Defamation League has been set up to challenge anti-Semitism. But unfortunately, the ADL, as it's known, has been taken over by a left-wing radical who was a special assistant to Barack Obama, and his name is Jonathan Greenblatt. So the ADL board of directors made a horrific mistake in appointing a left-wing radical, an Obamaite, of all people, to head the Anti-Defamation League. That would be the same Barack Obama who was spying on the Prime Minister of Israel, the same Barack Obama, who was spying on members of Congress and Jewish organizations. That would be the same Barack Obama, who not only sold out our country, but our allies, Arab allies and Israel, to Iran. And so they take his special assistant and put him in charge of the Anti-Defamation League. Now, why am I bringing this up today? Because the Anti-Defamation put out a smear against a very good man who I happen to know, who the national security advisor to the president of the United States, John Bolton, selected as his chief of staff. 
They wrote the Anti-Defamation League, this is the ADL's press release, today strongly criticized the selection of Fred Flights to be the National Security Council's chief of staff. Flights has served as the senior vice president for policy and programs at the Center for Security Policy, an extreme hawkish think tank that promotes the false conspiracy theory America is under threat from Islamization and that the implementation of Islamic law is imminent. This idiot runs the Anti-Defamation League. CSP is spearheaded by Frank Gaffney, who over the years has promulgated a number of anti-Muslim conspiracy theories, including the falsehood that the U.S. government has been infiltrated by the Muslim Brotherhood and that a number of mainstream American political figures have shadowy ties to the group. Isn't that fascinating? So here's a guy who was serving in the White House when members of the Muslim Brotherhood were visiting the White House. Blind as a bat, apparently. And this guy heads this Jewish organization. This is what I mean about the left, like jerks like this green black. It's deeply disturbing and concerning that the National Security Advisor would choose someone from CSP for his chief of staff. So this guy is still an Obama guy, you see. So he's trashing Gaffney, his organization. It's an outstanding organization. Flights a senior leadership role with the Center for Security Policy, an, Isla- an Islamophobic. I, uh, he must be running the, uh, not the ADL. He must be running CARE, maybe. Should automatically disqualify him for, ah, shut up, you idiot. You don't speak for all Jews, and you sure as hell don't speak for me. Anti-defamation league. You're anti-defamation? This is defamation. So they take this clown from the Obama White House who sits there with his thumb up his nose while Obama's selling out not just our country but allies like Israel and make him the head of the ADL. He's the one who's disqualified. He's the one who should be removed. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Ever hear of Michael Eric Dyson? Professor Georgetown. This guy is deplorable. This guy is awful. I want you to listen to this. Uh, He's talking about you, the Trump voters out there. Cut 10, go. Of course, people can say, look, I'm not for a guy. Mm. If you if you poll them, they'll say I'm against racism. I'm against anti-blackness. But then they are attracted to Donald Trump. So the question you have to ask here, are you putting your consideration for taxes and the Constitution and your understanding of conservative life above the reality that along with that comes a vicious repudiation of a large segment of the American population? Actually, sir, that would be you. You're describing yourself as you viciously repudiate a large segment of the American population. I think that would be you. Go ahead. 
we begin to clash with the ideals of ourselves and who we truly are. So America uh, maintains a kind of collective delusion about its own reality. Whenever anybody talks about collective delusion and groups everybody together because it's really a great shorthand for the promotion of bigotry and hatred and uh, group identity and so forth, they're to be dismissed. Now, in academia, they get tenure, they become a professor. And they become popular on MSNBC and CNN. This guy doesn't know you. He knows nothing about you. He doesn't know me. He knows nothing about me. He really doesn't care. Go ahead. Time, there's the truth beneath. What we got to do is to argue with each other, have conversations with each other, so this stuff becomes explicit, so we can put the poison outside of us and begin to negotiate in good faith. And he doesn't mean us. He means you. He doesn't have any poison. He's The leftists don't have any poison. So you need to be open about your bigotry and racism, excuse me, so we can resolve this, ladies and gentlemen. So says uh, Professor Michael Eric Dyson. Then we have Professor Don Lemon, who's on CNN and makes just as much sense. And so he will condemn anyone who voted for Trump, or all the people who voted for Trump or support him, as basically, you know, you say you're against racism, you say you're, you're against anti-blackness, but of course, we know what you are. You're putrid, you know, racist. You may not think you are, but you obviously are because you voted for Trump. Uh, Don Lemon on CNN yesterday. Now, this guy should be fired. If we're going to run around firing people, then this guy should be fired. Cut 11, go. We know what Donald Trump thinks. We know what Roseanne Barr thinks. It's time for us to stop playing around with soft words by saying, oh, uh, well, they're saying insensitive things. No, it's racist. They're exhibiting racist behavior. And far too many of our fellow American citizens agree with them. Oh, I see. I see. And should we say that about you? And if we say it about you, we're racists. If we say you sound like a raving lunatic by calling all these people, millions of us, racists, can we say that or we're not allowed to say that? See, the left wants to be the speech police. They want to be the statute police. They want to be the book police. They want to be the culture police. Has Don Lemon called for Joy Reid to resign, to be fired because of her outrageous, poisonous, homophobic comments, even though I believe he's announced that he's gay. And of course, he's a black man. She's a black woman. Has he done that? Does anybody know if he's done that? Has he done it? Did he do it more than once if he did it? I don't believe so, but maybe I'm wrong. But if he did it, it's quite the secret. No, she's a leftist. So what does that make Don Lemon, who tolerates such hatred? Go ahead. And feel emboldened to say out loud the things that they wouldn't have dared to say in public just a few years ago. What what are you talking about, you idiot? Talking about a whole group of people? You don't even know these people? You don't know me? You don't know any of these people? How dare you put words in our mouths and thoughts in our head? How dare you? Who the hell do you think you are? Some jerk on CNN who gets no ratings. 
you know, you want to burp up crap like this, go on the corner on a soapbox and do it. But the idea that this guy gets a national television show to do it and is encouraged to do it by the corporation uh, for whom he works is appalling. Go ahead. In an America where racism happens every day in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, in the Starbucks. See, see, this is the hate America stuff. Racism happens every day in America. Folks, we are the most tolerant civil society on the face of the earth, despite our enormous diversity in color, in religion, in sex, what we do with our genitalia. We are the most tolerant, beneficent nation on the face of the earth. And yet a guy like this spews this hate. Spews this hate. It's disgusting. The left is disgusting the way they talk about this country. Minorities are treated better in this country than any other country on the face of the earth. I don't care what country, I don't care what continent you're talking about. Look how they treat each other in the Middle East. Look how they treat each other. In Asia. Look how they treat each other in Africa. Look how they treat each other in Central and South America. People are dying literally to come into the United States of America. If America is, as Don Lemon says, if America is, as Michael Eric Dyson says, then why? Then why are people literally dying to come into this country? And if we had, if we had, the desire to let in everybody who wants to come in, we'd have a billion people coming into this country from every corner of the world. Why is that? Because there's racism in America every single day? You damn fool. You're ripping down the greatest country on the face of the earth. Do you even realize it? One guy going on and on about racism. He's a professor at Georgetown University. If there was true racism, he wouldn't be a professor at Georgetown University. Another one going on and on about racism in America. He's a television host on CNN. If there was true racism in America, he wouldn't be a television host on CNN. Does that mean racism doesn't take place? Of course it takes place. Does that mean anti-Semitism doesn't take place? Of course it takes place. Does that not mean that there aren't hate crimes, black on white, white on black, on and on? Of course they take place. But America as a whole is a spectacular, a fabulous society. And they damn well know it. And we all damn well know it. Go ahead. Park and an Airbnb. What is America going to do about it? Do about what? what? Do about what? Go ahead. Going to do about it. When are we going to stop pretending that every incident, oh, this is just one incident. Oh, it's just one. There's just one. This is just one example. Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. In our schools, in our Starbucks. What's an Airbnb, by the way? I don't even know what the hell that is. What is it? I don't even know what it is. You rent a house. Okay. 
There's races everywhere, everywhere. America really is an awful place. But of course, there's a solution, ladies and gentlemen. And that is to adapt radical progressivism. You see, that's the solution. Adopt radical progressivism. Adopt their agenda of open borders. Adopt their agenda of trashing the cops. Adopt their agenda, anti-private property rights. Adopt their agenda, confiscatory taxes against the most successful. Adopt their agenda. Their race-centric, sex-centric, socialist-centric agenda. Then, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have utopia. Or better put, ameritopia. And, of course, we won't. We'll have a police state with horrific human suffering. Don Lemon never talks about liberty. He never talks about individualism, including individual opportunity or responsibility. Don Lemon never does a show on our magnificent entrepreneurs of all races. Never. Don Lemon never does a show on our magnificent constitution. And why it's magnificent. Never. Everywhere he turns, there's racism. Starbucks, Airbnb, in a park, in our school system. And I don't doubt there's racism that exists when you have 320 million people with all kinds of backgrounds and religions and belief systems and all the rest of it. There is no perfection. There is no perfect society. We are the most perfect society. And Don Lemon doesn't even understand it. It's incomprehensible to him. You want to know why? Because he's an ideologue. And he's filled with poison and hate. And so he doesn't even observe the magnificence of this country each and every day. He doesn't observe that you can go in to a Walmart or a Costco or a Starbucks and see people of all colors of all religions, of all races, some wearing Jewish stars, some wearing the, the uh, cross, some wearing uh, Muslim garb and so forth and so on. And there's no fighting. There's no killing. There's no abuse at all. You can go to a sports stadium. Same thing. People of all backgrounds and colors and ages and religions. They're not killing each other. They get along quite well, as a matter of fact. Every school system in this country, same thing. Those kids get along quite well, as a matter of fact. The United States military. Those men and women in uniform get along quite well, as a matter of fact. And yet there's Don Lemon. Taking a knee. Taking a knee. I'll be right back. Lovin. Uh, big audio day. I don't like doing this, but you know, you gotta know what's out there. And it's it's this kind of uh, a vile, vicious, phony speech by the phony protectors of the press 
that really is dividing this country and harming this country. People like Don Lemon, Dyson, Chris Matthews, and the moron, Morning Joe, and the Mrs. Moron. Here is Mika on Morning Joe. Cut 12, go. You can use social media also as a lens. And you see in, you know, fast food restaurants and public places, people taking video of racist incidents. Mm -hmm. And you can see the way people act. And maybe they feel a license to act that way. Because this president, I will quote, quote Steve Schmidt, is a stone-cold racist. Mm -hmm. He does not... Well, I'm sorry. But, but, but hold on. I quoted and, someone and, else. And but I, I agree I, with I, But I have been the And first, I'll stand right by it. Oh, she'll stand by it. Isn't she brave? I'm sure Greenwich Village will be uh, very difficult for them to have a uh, Sunday brunch there, uh, given her position that Trump is a stone-cold racist. Now, keep something in mind. Two years ago, a year and a half ago, they supported Trump. These two bozos, the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo, supported Trump. They kept bringing him on trying to jack up their ratings. Even he couldn't get their ratings up. That's how much they're detested. And they're detested internationally. As I say over and over again, the only people that really like this show are the generals in the North Korean army. So over at MSLSD, you have these two frauds, these two phonies, uh, the, uh, the schmoes, Mr. and Mrs. Schmo. And uh, now they think Trump is a stone-cold racist. And yet... They used to back him. And they quote Steve Schmidt. Why do we care what Steve Schmidt has to say? Steve Schmidt, this clown is all over MSNBC, running his big fat mouth. He knows nothing. He's a political operative. He's a hack who used to work for McCain. Oh, and I repeat myself. Uh, but uh, so there's Mika, and she has claimed that uh, Trump is a stone cold racist. Last month he was mentally ill, and we needed to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Right? Remember all this stuff? They get lower and lower in the gutter. The media. Now is Mika Brzezinski a reporter or an opinion maker? Which is she? What is she? And why do we care what she has to say? She's the daughter of a very nasty, failed, pathetic individual, the late Zbigniew Brzezinski. Zbigniew Brzezinski. And I say that, of course, with all due respect. Now, um, let's see here. We have Chris Matthews. I know it's painful, isn't it? But that's why I, I expose them for who they are and what they are. We have Chris Matthews on MSLSD, or as I like to call him, I'll have another drink, Matthews. And I thought he just disappeared. I, I thought he wasn't with us anymore, but he's back. Cut 15, go. 
Is that a cultural problem with the Republican Party as opposed to most Americans? I think it's going to have a transparency. Like Republicans are told, read the Wall Street Journal, play golf, and talk about pro sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, the men especially are all programmed a certain way. They don't have too many outliers, Republicans. They all behave basically the same, right? Margaret, you're laughing. You must play golf. You don't play tennis. You must. You must must watch sports and talk about the NFL. You must talk. And what else? Oh, read the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And believe the op-ed page. Mm -hmm. You can see the 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 spittle dripping down his sizable mouth onto his loafers. He's such a fool. He's such a clown. All you Republicans out there, do you play golf? All you Republicans out there, do you read the Wall Street Journal? I'll say this for the Wall Street Journal. I don't know if it was around during the Holocaust or not, but I don't believe it was a Holocaust-denying newspaper like the New York Slimes. See how they attack you, attack you, attack you. These two networks, CNN and MSNBC, you're all racists. All of you. You all play golf. It's just, it's grotesque. This is why they're not defending freedom of the press. They're defending their big fat mouths. I'll be right back. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. Now you know why so many people love me in the media, in Hollywood, Democrats, Republicans, because I call them as I see them. I don't putz around. And I call out people, people who want to be very public and say very public things. And... They either get patted on the back or the head. That's right, you said that and so forth and so on. No, they deserve to be challenged. I'm challenged all the time. But this is why I'm not part of the Washington social scene and I would never want to be part of the Washington social scene or the New York social scene or the L.A. social scene, whatever the hell these social scenes are. I'm perfectly happy with my family, with my dog, with my close friends. That's it. I don't need anything else. And you. The army of Levinites out there. Millions of you. On AM and FM radio. On the Mark Levin app. On the iHeartRadio app. Millions of you who download the show. Podcast. Every month. Live stream it on your computers. You know there's a reason why. Levin TV and CRTV is so successful. There's a reason why I was solicited. I was asked to do a show on Fox. And by the way, Fox is kicking butt all over the place. It's number one and it's not even close. And the number one host on cable is Hannity and it's not even close. Maddell is a distant second. The number one show at 10 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday is my show versus CNN and MSNBC. We beat them combined. It's not even close. So you, my family, my close friends, you, you're what matter to me. I don't need all these little circles of friends and social circles that the media are involved in, the Democrats are involved in, and so forth and so on. Now, if you shower or brush your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, 
Here's some very good news. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. And you'll feel the difference. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, five bucks, you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. Comes with Amber Lavender, Calming uh, Body Cleanser, their world-famous Shea Butter, and their Best Razor, the six-blade executive. That's what I have, and I get those blades every month. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Do you realize with the wonderful sponsors I have and the wonderful services and products they have, you would have the best chair in the world, the best mattress in the world, the best pillow in the world. You would have the best shaver and blades in the world. It's amazing. You'd have the best chair in the world. Did I mention that? So many, so many wonderful things. Your data would be protected. Your home would be protected. Your family would be protected. And smart? Well, there's Hillsdale College. We really do have the best sponsors in all of radio. We really do. We work very hard to find the best sponsors. Sometimes we get new sponsors when we find better sponsors. And so I just wanted to point that out. All of them, all of them. We spend time talking to them. We try and get the best discounts and possible deals that we can for you. So when I talk about Casper, or when I talk about my ID care, just for tonight as an example, or Dollar Shave Club, or X Chair, or you have it, when I talk about these things, I talk about them because I know about them, because I use them. Just thought I'd mention that too. We're, we're very, very grateful for our uh, our sponsors. They are terrific. Let us go to Bob, Detroit, Michigan. How are you, sir? Mark, Mark, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you so greatly. It's uh, astounding how it could be that you, you would have put in so much to get to where you are that somebody like me could talk to you and I could tell my wife about you and, oh, and tell her about you. And, thank and, you. And she's... Uh, you know, got the radio on now. Uh, when I come home, she's laughing it up about the the chorus dancers with the pom poms and MSLSD. You're you're really really good, Mark. Uh, oh, thank you. I had sir. a comment. A comment about uh, James Clapper. I yes. believe he absolutely owes the American people an admission that he knows for a fact that Donald Trump is innocent of collusion, and Donald Trump is innocent of obstruction. For the simple fact, when Joy Behar asked him, uh, shouldn't Donald Trump be happy? He had this immediate, knee-jerk, emotional, strong reaction. Absolutely he should be happy. And how could he be happy unless he's innocent? How could he be happy that there's this investigation unless he's innocent of these things? Clapper meant what he said. He can't come back and say, no, I should have said, well, he should have been, or he should be but 
then again, maybe, you know, he shouldn't. Bob, let me ask you a question. You've been watching Clapper now since he's left the Obama administration. You've been watching Brennan since he's left the Obama administration. You've been watching Comey since he left the Obama administration. Isn't it chilling to see that these men held these incredibly powerful positions and they have no judgment, no temperament? It is chilling to me. Do you you know what my biggest complaint is about all of this? The, The history of the United States has been lost. This Hillary Clinton deleted half of the work of the State Department from her point of view. And how can Donald Trump, if these people are not absolutely against Donald Trump, like Clapper, Comey, all of them, and they're not in on it, how, how is it they can let that happen when they know that a Trump a presidency has to have the history to know what in the heck happened before he got there so he can be prepared for his job? Well, because these are saboteurs. That's what they are. They use the power of their positions, which is what happens in these uh, totalitarian regimes. Some of them are harder than others. Some of them are softer than others. But call it what you will, these are saboteurs who sought to influence the election. We expect the Russians to do bad stuff because Vladimir Putin's a bad person. But we do not expect you know, the top levels of the FBI and the CIA and national intelligence and all the rest to be interfering in our election in such a significant way. This is why I'm so furious with the Trey Gowdy and some of these commentators on our favorite cable network. They just blow this stuff off. They have no comprehension, really, of what they're talking about. They don't see what's going on on the horizon. This is an extraordinarily dangerous thing that took place in this election. And getting to the bottom of it has proved to be extraordinarily difficult because the very people who did these sorts of things have set up arguments and processes that have as their purpose to continue to conceal them. I want to thank you for your call, my friend, and my best to your wife. I hope she's still listening. I appreciate it. All right. Let's go to Gary, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great K-R-L-A. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for letting me on. It's been a couple years since I talked to you. All right. And I tell you what, when you're at home for an hour and 24 minutes and 42 seconds with your earpiece in. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You really get to listen to you and focus for a change instead of being distracted. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Now, when I was on, uh, a couple of guys before was Mike, who served in Afghanistan. I want to thank Mike for his service. Right. I was going to say that an hour ago. Amen to him. It's still there. Yep. So, but, th- but then you transitioned from the uh, Russian hacking and stuff to, uh, to uh, Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. I got a great little excerpt. If you don't want to do that now, make sure you're producing. We're going to run out of time. Make your point, my brother. Go ahead. Farrakhan called for 10,000 of his followers to rise up and kill our policemen. And shortly after that, a bunch of assassinations and mass killings happened. I want to give that to your producer so that you have a, a copy of the excerpt. All right. Okay. Thanks for your call. We don't, we don't do production on the air. If you want to give it to the producer, give it to the producer. Uh, and we'll take a look at it. But I can't. I can't. <laughs> on air is for on air stuff. All right. And I don't know what source he's using. I don't know any of this. And I, it's not a put down of the gentleman. I just don't know. You have to understand I'm behind a microphone, there's millions of you listening. The stranger calls up and says, Farrakhan said this. I have it for your producer. He's supposed to do that when he talks to the call screener, not me. All right, Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes is another miscreant. 
He was the deputy national security advisor. The man was a failed novelist. I believe his brother runs one of the networks. I forget which one. Uh, and uh, he was very proud of himself. He was bragging uh, to one media source one day about the Iran deal and how he uh, basically used the media to advance their propaganda. And, of course, the media was thrilled to be used by Obama, as they are always thrilled to be used by the left because they are the left. So there's an HBO documentary. I don't know if you've heard this. The final year in Obama's last year in office. And uh, there's an exact moment when he found out that Hillary Clinton lost the presidency. And a hat tip to Twitchy, which is an excellent site, too. And here's Ben Rhodes in all of his bluster. Cut 16, go. I just came outside to try to process all this. Um, it's a lot to, a lot to process. I mean, uh, I, I can't even... Uh, I, I can't... I, I mean, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't put it into words. I, I don't know what the words are. Oh, no wonder you're a failed novelist. Now we laugh at this, but you know what this is? This is an explanation. This is an explanation why, from the moment Donald Trump was announced is the winner of the presidential election. That his ilk, Ben Rhodes and the others, were determined, determined to reverse the results of that election. They couldn't believe it, and they do not accept it, and they do not accept it to this day. And that's why he was speechless. Because their world came tumbling down. And you're not allowed to lose an election if you're a leftist to a man like Donald Trump. They had Obama's third term ready. All these people hoped to stay in office or to have enormous influence. They thought they were fundamentally transforming America. Here they were in the process of doing exactly that, turning America into a second-rate country, not because the American people believed in that, but because they controlled the institutions of government. And they had it all figured out. And they had more big plans over at the EPA, over at the Department of Education. They had more bathrooms to regulate, more gyms to regulate, and more sex assignments to hand out. They had more cars to destroy and trucks to destroy and jobs to destroy. Not to make us energy independent, but to make us energy insufficient. They had more borders they wanted to open, more left-wing judges they wanted to appoint, more allies they wanted to sell out, more enemies they wanted to embrace. More taxes to raise, more redistribution, and more centralized government. They had it all ready to go. Even Michelle's organic garden, which she never really worked in, they had it cemented in place. They were never going to lose another election, ladies and gentlemen. They figured they had the whole damn thing rigged. And so Ben Rose's incoherence is illustrative of their mindset that they had determined from that moment forward 
that they would not allow this election to stand. And so his mumbling, his incoherence is actually quite profound. And I'll play it for you one more time. You want to understand the left and understand why he's mumbling. Cut 16, go. I just came outside to try to process all this. Um, it's a lot to, a lot to process. I mean, uh, I, I can't even... Uh, I, I can't... I, I mean, I, 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 I can't, I, I can't, I can't put it into words. I, I don't know what the words are. Well, I do. I'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College is offering their free online Constitution 101 course again, but only for a limited time. So register right away at levinforhillsdale.com. Hillsdale's the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use, taught by the same great professors. Close to one million people have registered, and if you haven't, you really should, and now's the time. I know this research I'm about to share doesn't apply to you, my beloved audience, but did you know one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? And only 25% can name all three branches of the federal government. But get this, 33% can't name any branch of the government, not even one. So look, we need to help make sure our fellow Americans understand not just those facts, but our constitutional rights too. Constitution 101 provides you the perfect overview. So register at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there were other reactions by hosts at CNN and MSNBC on learning that Donald Trump had won the presidency. Go ahead, Mr. Bidens. What are they, can you get a funding, the ghost track? They have an idea. It costs, when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. With the, the. Withdraw, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. You know, you know, you, 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 you need somebody. Wait, so, uh, what, finally, what? And, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Of, 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 un, of, of, of. Bus, about, uh, budget. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that. Be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the, why is it, why is it him? Why, I, 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 I didn't, if, 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 if we, if we, you know, it, it uh, you know, it, 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 it. Oh, my. They were beside themselves, literally, one beside the other. So uh, this is why they keep condemning you, the American people who voted for Donald Trump. They hate you. They hate him. They hate what you did to their project, their progressive project. They figured they owned everything. They owned the media. They owned most of the court system. They, 
They owned Congress, even with the Republicans. It's a very progressive institution in terms of statism. They own the universities, most of our public schools. They figure there's no way this guy can win anyone. And they don't like it. And they seek to reverse the election. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll see you tomorrow on the radio. And God bless you.